Production made possible in part by Med Plus Advantage. You're listening to Radio Rounds, a talk show created and hosted by physicians in training, where today's stories are told by tomorrow's doctors. I'm Dr. Eddie Briarcheck. Coming up on today's episode, host Lakshman Swami sits down with Dr. Jeff Drazen, the editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine. Dr. Drazen's distinguished career includes practice as an internist and pulmonary critical care physician, teaching medicine at Harvard and Boston University, research in lung physiology and asthma, and nearly 15 years at the New England Journal of Medicine. In part two of our series with Dr. Drazen, we discuss the role of the journal in medical education. How can students and trainees make the most of the journal? How can we stay on top of the literature given the demands of our education? What kind of resources does the journal offer to help us stay sharp? For more information about the New England Journal of Medicine and the products we discuss in this episode, check out NEJM.org. Here's host Lakshman Swami with Dr. Jeff Drazen. Welcome to Radio Rounds, everyone. I'm Lakshman Swami, and I'm uh, honored and excited to be at the Countway Library at Harvard Medical School. Sitting across the table from me is Dr. Jeff Drazen, editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine and also a uh, pulmonary critical care physician by training. Still still a medical educator as well, both here at Harvard Medical School and at uh, Boston University School of Medicine. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show again. Great to be here. I want to focus our discussion now on medical education. The journal, I think, plays a very big role in medical education for trainees across the country and medical students as well. Uh, Could you comment on philosophically why that's important to you? Medicine is, by and large, a knowledge-based profession. The surgical subspecialties have some physical manipulation that you need to learn, but the physical manipulations are based on the knowledge of the anatomy and the physiology that you're trying to correct. So we think that a process of medical education is uh, four to ten years, depending on what interest area you're interested in, uh, where you learn vocabulary, where you learn ideas. So other journals have sections for medical students, but we think that you're in medicine, you should take it like an adult. Uh, you learn the language. Uh, you learn to read. Uh, sometimes it's puzzling at the beginning, uh, but we have glossaries and you have dictionaries, uh, and you should learn the information at the level that everybody else is going to learn it because that's the level you're going to be using it. Uh, we think that for people to keep up with what's new, and one of the advantages of a journal like the New England Journal is if you read it on a weekly basis, you know what's new in medicine. Uh, We get thousands of papers a year, and we publish 200. So we're the filter. We're the ones that are making these decisions for you uh, to help you decide what you want to read. Because out of the 200 articles we publish, I'd be surprised if you read more than one a week. You might glance at a couple of others, but that's okay. We're the things that impact what you learn, what you want to know. And we think you should start as a student. The cases are written... Uh, we publish a case every week, and they're written so that a student can understand them. They, he or she may have to do some work to understand the vocabulary, but you should be able to understand the reasoning and use that information to 
come to a diagnosis, and once you've come to a diagnosis, figure out how to treat the patient, and once you've treated the patient, figure out how to monitor the patient, and while this is all going on, understand how to interact with the patient in a way that makes sure you're meeting their needs. So it's a multifactorial education that you can get out of reading on how others care for people. And, you know, I think so many of us have had that experience with the cases where you, you cover up the, the next section and you're reading it as a group. We, we had so much fun in medical school doing that. And kind of before we go to the next section, we're all arguing about, you know, what, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, why is it this? And then we're kind of working through ourselves and then we read the next line and then, you know, a diagnostic test is performed. It's, it's, it's really very exciting. I think it's one of the more uh, fun ways to learn in medicine when you sit down with a group and kind of and go through one of those cases. Well, uh, every case that you care, care for is to some extent an enigma. Um, The cases that we write about tend to be challenging enigmas, but as practicing physicians, a patient comes in with a chief complaint, and your job is to sort from that information their diagnosis and do testing if necessary to confirm the diagnosis, to initiate treatment, to monitor the treatment. Uh, It's all part of a continuum, and we think that it's learning how to do that, and medicine's taught by example. So these are examples. You get one every week. And I think it's the, one of the nicest things is the clinical reasoning you get out of it. And in fact, you know, when I first started reading this as a, as a very young medical student, I, I remember thinking of it as a guess the diagnosis kind of game. And I almost didn't realize how much I was learning through the differential, really, where, where the, you know, the experts are really going through. And still, when I read it, there's still things on the differential that I didn't think of that are very relevant. So it's a, it's a great learning experience, I think. That's the idea there hundreds of causes of diarrhea or anemia or cough or pain. And you need to say, all right, this patient has this as a presenting complaint. What else do they have? And in the presence of that other thing, how many of the possible causes are now unlikely and how many of the possible causes now become more likely? And that's how the game is played. It's uh, reasoning with information that becomes available piecemeal, uh, but sometimes you need to elicit that information. So as a student, you learn what questions to ask. Uh, and with that, you understand the diagnostic process. So, so Jeff, let me take a step back and ask you a little more intangible question. How is a student really supposed to approach this vast world of medical literature? Uh, saying they start with the journal, they open it up every week. There's a lot in there, a lot maybe over their heads. Uh, and as you progress through training, I think you get busier and busier and busier. You're trying to fit it into small and smaller periods of time. And I think a lot of us feel like we're not really on top of the literature like we'd like to be. Do you have any advice for what we could do to kind of tackle that? So time is the physician's most precious commodity. Uh, and as a medical student, you're short on it, and it's never going to get <laughs> to the point where you have a lot of free time. So you need to learn to manage your time and manage it very carefully. Uh, So the journal helps with that uh, because at the beginning of the journal, we have a this week section where each article is highlighted in less than 60 characters. It tells you, like a tweet, what's it about. And if you're interested, then you should learn more. But you know from just reading the what we call the tweak uh, this week in the journal, what is about. So let's just say that there is an article about 
asthma in that, and you're not interested in asthma. Right now you're taking care of a patient with diarrhea. There doesn't happen to be anything about diarrhea in that issue of the journal, but you've looked. And then two weeks later, you have a patient with asthma. You'll remember you saw it in the journal. You'll be able to go back. You used to have to look for the paper journal, but now you can just pick it up online, go back and find it, and see if that information turns out to be relevant to the question you asked. Uh, now, you say, well, I could look it up on Google, but the problem is that Google doesn't filter the way you would like. Right? You get thousands of answers, and you only want 10 at most uh, because the thousand's too many, and the one that's important may be the 814th, and you'd never see it. I think it's it's pretty uh, pretty obvious to a lot of us in training the value of the journal and uh, you know whenever we are able to say oh, I've been reading the journal every week for you know at least some of it for past couple of weeks you, you start to feel better right you start to feel more and more on top of things. Well, you are. Yeah, <laughs> it's good feeling because in fact you've made a difference. And you know taking it a step uh beyond that as a as a training physician now you know now our kind of medical student we're talking about is now a resident uh leading teams on the wards how do you see residents able to kind of work the journal into teaching on the wards so every week we try to make sure there's an article that would impact someone who's caring for patients on a daily basis so we can't promise that this week there'll be something about your patient on the ward. But I can promise you that if you have a patient on a ward with a common medical condition, um, that if you look back in the journal over the course of six months or a year, you'll find either original research or a review article on a topic closely related to what that patient's presenting with. And you can use that information. It's been synthesized by experts. It's been reviewed and so you can rely on it. And I think that that's the thing that separates us from other journals. We take this very, very, very seriously. We have eight people who do nothing else but work on the journal, physicians and scientists. Uh, this is their only job. Quite often journals are edited by people that have another job, and it's a part-time job that sometimes doesn't get done as well as it should. But everybody here is working for us full-time, to try to find the information, vet it to make sure it's proper, lay it out in a way that you can understand it, and then digest it for you to the extent that it can be digested so that when you read it, it makes sense. Jeff, thank you again so much for joining us on Radio Rounds. I think that our student and trainee listeners and uh, even you know everyone in medicine really is teaching it some way uh, can really benefit from hearing your thoughts on how to apply the journal to teaching both in the big picture and really just at the point of care on the wards. That was host Dr. Lakshman Swamy, Chief Medical Resident at Boston Medical Center, speaking with Dr. Jeffrey Drazen, editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. To learn more about the journal and explore all the newest features available to physicians and physicians in training, check out NEJM.org. You can also download previous installments in this series, as well as podcasts of all previous Radio Rounds episodes. Just search the iTunes store for Radio Rounds or visit radiorounds.org. In addition, you can contact our team via email, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All of that information at radiorounds.org. 
Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. Sponsored by the American Medical Association. Providing group disability and life insurance to students and residents through participating educational institutions. Visit us at MedPlusAdvantage.com. Of course, please remember that the views and opinions expressed on Radio Rounds are not representative of the views and opinions of the partners of Radio Rounds. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone, and have a great week. From our entire staff here at Radio Rounds, I'm Eddie Briarcheck, and one day, I'll be your doctor.